boarding school two years ago, it's been not only convenient, but quiet, the last seventy-two drama-filled hours notwithstanding. I'd better enjoy it while I can. Phoebe's going to college next year. She's got her heart set on Smith, and the Seven Sisters have never been a place for bohemian mothers living on a budget to send their darling daughters. It looks like after all these years of stretching my little inheritance and living by my wits, I'm actually going to have to break down and get a full-time job where somebody else signs the checks and covers the health insurance. I'm going to try to keep some of my long-time clients. Most of them can't afford to hire anybody half as good as I am, and they've never needed me more. What I do is coordinate and integrate services for programs assisting female refugees and immigrants. Atlanta is a magnet for people trying to make a new start in a new country. And even though a lot of the natives still think in terms of black and white, in reality, our town is looking more and more like the Rainbow Coalition. My job is to ease the transition on all sides by serving as a kind of conduit, clearinghouse, counselor, and all-around communications facilitator. I tell people the language I speak is the future, and I love it. All you have to do is help a Cambodian family find safe housing, or a Haitian mother register her children for school, or reunite a Cuban father with a son he thought he'd never see again, or attend a Liberian wedding party, to know that there isn't nearly as much difference between people as some of our governments and institutions want us to think there is. In my line of work, what I've learned is that most people are looking for pretty much the same things, health and peace and love and family and a community where you can wave at your neighbors and they wave back. I love what I do, but it doesn't pay very well. My parents left me this house all paid for and enough money so that I could stay home with Phoebe and not have to worry about the basics. When my volunteer work at the Red Cross turned into a lot of freelance consulting, I was able to make enough to finance our annual trips to somewhere we'd never been before and to send Phoebe to a private boarding school up north when she decided she wanted to go. But the last of my inheritance paid for her senior year tuition, and there's not enough coming in to keep us afloat and to finance four years of college. She keeps offering to get a job, But our deal has always been, you get the grades and I'll get the money. Besides, it's only four years. I can stand almost any job that long if it pays well enough. After that, Phoebe's on her own, and I can feather my empty nest any way I want. Until then, I've got to toughen this girl up and get her back to school. I brewed a fresh pot of coffee and poured us each a cup to signal that the tea-sipping phase of her healing was officially over, then went upstairs to tap on her half-open door. You awake? From inside the silent, darkened room, my daughter's voice was a pain-filled quaver. Come in, Mom. I pushed open the door with my foot. Once inside, I could see that there was one small candle burning on the bedside table. The air was faintly perfumed with the roses Amelia brought over yesterday when she came to check on the progress of the patient. Amelia Douglas has known Phoebe since we all still called her baby doll and is more like a favorite aunt than a next-door neighbor. Phoebe herself was curled up in the center of the bed under a wool blanket her grandmother brought back from South America years ago 
and which is so smotheringly heavy that we use it only on those rare occasions when the furnace goes out in one of those freak Atlanta ice storms and we want to stay cozy until Georgia Power gets around to reconnecting our block. But there was no ice storm. It was, in fact, the end of August, and the temperature outside at 9.30 at night was still 85 degrees. I suppressed a smile. Baby doll was playing this scene to the hilt. The candle flickering over her sweet little face was the perfect theatrical touch, right out of Camille. My child intends to major in performance studies. Looking at the scene she's constructed here, I know she'll make the dean's list. I brought you some coffee, I said, casually, like she's always in bed with the lights out at 9.30 on a Friday night. She sat up slowly and reached out to clutch the cup I was offering. Consistent with her cold-weather motif, she wrapped both hands around it and breathed deeply, as if we were huddled in a tent at the foot of Mount Everest. Thanks, Mom. That quaver in her voice sounded so...